Batman. Hand and Dance Podcast. Oh, let's do a hand and down and like that. Oh yeah. Hand and down and hand and down and hand and down and hand and down and podcast. Podcast about Batman. Okay. So, the film we've watched and we'll be talking about this evening, The Dark Knight. The second of Christopher Nolan's Batman trilogy. And I felt like I could show you the second because you didn't really need to see the first one. But what did you think? Uh, Yeah, I think if you're going to see just one of a trilogy, why not go for the second one? Okay. Because, like, if you're going to... If you don't have time to eat a whole sandwich, just have the, the ham. Well, I'm a vegetarian, it's so... It's the same. So it wouldn't work for me. Thing. No, I know why you made me watch this film. Why did I, I make you watch this film? Because bats have had really bad press at the moment, haven't they? They've been blamed for a lot of COVID shenanigans. Right. <laughs> and so this film just really raises the profile of bats. And that's nice. Because they're not all, you know, not all bats cause coronavirus. Some Hashtag not all bats. <laughs> Some of them are billionaire vigilantes. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I get it. Thanks for listening. <laughs> um, this is... Uh, no, I. the reason I chose this one um, is because it's my personal favourite. I've seen all three of them a few times. I think I've seen all... Th- I saw all three of them when they first came out in the cinema. But this one is my favourite, and it's largely due to Heath Ledger's performance as the Joker. Creepy, creepy man. Yeah, and I think I think that's a review in itself, because I'm talking about a performance, you're talking about your emotional reaction. I don't think you're thinking halfway through the film when you first see it, oh, he's doing some good acting, isn't he? The first point I was going to raise... Here we go, buckle up. Which I did raise before we even started the film. Isn't Batman... Shouldn't that be a film for six-year-olds? Like, we've got a six-year-old. He just did Superhero Week at school. He's got a Batman hat. (laughs) In my mind, Batman is for six-year-old boys. So why why are you making a scary film that six-year-old boys aren't allowed to go and see? Do you agree, Batman? Like, superheroes are kind of for kids. It's interesting because this film started the trend of gritty, sort of wannabe real-world superhero films. Uh, So, are there other films before this that were for kids? Is there, like, a Batman for kids and Batman for adults and it's, like, two separate things? Yeah, because I think... I haven't read a lot of the comics... I know a bit of the Batman comics and a bit of the Batman backstory. Some of the comics that this is based on, the Miller comics, they're not for kids. Um. Um, And I think it's a common misconception um, that nerds will try and refute is comic books, graphic novels are for kids. Because you'll get a lot of, they're a legitimate medium... For entertainment. They're not for women, though, are they? Um, what? 
What about billionaire vigilantes escaping with the whole of the women from the Russian ballet for a kind of male sexual fulfillment fantasy? Doesn't make you think it's for women. <laughs> hey, wait, you've got Wonder Woman. She goes around in a metal bikini. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's very... Yeah, superheroes are not for women. Anyway, yeah, I don't think it's for kids, but this very much pushed it towards it's for grown-ups. It's for 15-rated kind of hard-hitting stuff. Whereas if you think of like the 1960s Adam West Batman with the biff and the pow. Yes, obviously I, I was watching that in the 60s. That's the theme tune you were just singing. No, 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 no. Yeah. All right. That's like a kid's brightly coloured... It's like yeah, that's, Scooby that's Doo. What I th- that's what I think of when I think of Batman. Yeah, so you're stuck in the 60s. But that's okay. Um, or you can bring it slightly... Like, Did you ever watch The New Adventures of Lois and Clark, or Clark and Lois, the 90s uh, yeah. Superman one? I didn't enjoy it, but yeah. <laughs> you did. I'm glad you didn't enjoy it. <laughs> um, with Dean Cain and Terry Hatcher. I enjoyed that. But again, I'm. I guess I'm the target market. Yeah, I don't think women fantasize about superheroes. I think what women want in a man is just like a decent man. Like he doesn't have to be able to fly. He just needs to be able to sort of like sometimes do the washing up without being asked. Oh, all right, all right. <laughs> Back that kind down. Of, <laughs> that kind of thing is more. Unbelievable. And men, <laughs> men think it's like a very male idea to think. Oh, oh, what women want is like a muscly guy who flies around rescuing people from fires. No, they just they just want a man who can fly Michelet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we've started early. Um, it is interesting because that is that that aspect <laughs> is in the film, not the uh, finding. <laughs> What's your superpower? I can find the clit in 0.4 seconds. Never miss. Never miss the clit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I am clit man. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I hope our mums don't listen to this. Uh, my sister complained. She's listened to a bit of the Moulin Rouge where you were getting all horned up because I was using a French voice. <laughs> She's Which like, sister? oh, that's my brother. I don't want to hear that sexy <laughs> chat about my brother. Which sister? Uh, Beth. Hey, Beth. Uh, anyway. Cool. It's interesting because it is brought up. Part of this, one of the subplots is that Bruce Wayne, a.k.a. Batman, million, uh, billionaire vigilante guy, thinks that Rachel Dawes will wait for him. She's going to choose him as soon as he's finished with his Batmaning. He'll settle down with her and they'll have a happy old life. That's nice. And he'll just remember to do the washing up without being asked. Yeah, it doesn't happen. And in the end, she wasn't She wasn't going to choose him anyway. Spoilers for a 12-year-old film. But... Um, yeah, it is, it is raised, and in the film, he is not what she wants. No, because I told you it's not a woman's fantasy, superheroes. What do women <laughs> fantasise about? If we can keep this PG or 12 rated, please. <laughs> like, if they're not fantasising about saving the day and being a great hero, they're fantasising about, 
a man doing the washing up without being asked. Anything else? Oh, wiping the surfaces. <laughs> I wipe the surfaces. How do you okay. not notice the surfaces? If you want to have a, dis- a domestic, <laughs> can I just pause the recording? We'll do our business and then come <laughs> back to this and we can project this fake happiness back. If I was a superhero, what what would you want my superhero quality? Compliment to girl. <laughs> <laughs> she recognises when things are done and says nice things about it. Uh, maybe that. Maybe we are getting a bit too targeted. Uh, if you were a superhero, don't know something about being ginger. You could pull carrots out of your hair at any time. How is that useful? Well, if you're hungry or need to feed a rabbit. Carrots are like one of the cheapest things you can buy. If I was going to pull a food item out of my hair, <laughs> I'd rather it be salmon or... Saffron. Do you eat saffron? Um, calamari. Oh, classic. Mm. Fishy hair all day long. <laughs> I think we've comprehensively covered Batman there. <laughs> and fishy hair woman. I found it difficult to be really focused and objective because I went into it knowing that I liked the film and that I liked certain aspects of the film. Fortunately, I had you to stop the film every 25 minutes and go, just explain to me what's going on again. It's hard to follow. I don't know if there's something wrong with me, but I do find it hard to follow films. Well, man films. I have diagnosed you with white guy face amnesia. (laughs) All men look the same to me. Which is worrying for me (laughs) because I wonder if you just thought you were choosing someone else. Anyway, there were a lot of times when you were like, who's that guy? What's, is he the same guy? Is is that Batman? Oh no, that's the other. Is he? Yeah, because Batman's wearing a mask. So how am I meant to know which one he is just from his mouth? Well, no, but... Oh, never mind. Anyway, so... It, it was hard to follow. I think there are a lot of things going on in this one, and they're, they're told in little like snippets, overlapping snippets a lot of the time. I did notice that. Once you'd started saying it's hard to follow, I started noticing there's a lot of kind of, here's, here's 90 seconds or three minutes of a story, and over here in a different part of the city is this going on and this going on. I read afterwards that Christopher Nolan, the director, was inspired by the film Heat, which kind of tells a city-wide story. And he was trying to do the same thing, but I think there's there's almost a bit too much going on in this film, I think. It is quite long as well. It's two and a half hours long. It could have been an hour shorter. (laughs) Yeah, if everyone was nice to each other and remembered to do the washing up on time. Um. So I did think that was interesting. Um, I thought it was really interesting. As soon that so the first opening scene, the first opening scene, the opening shots are mm. zooming into a skyscraper. A window's put out, and there's some clowns with well, men with clown masks. And straight away, you were like, "Oh, it's it's a bit creepy." I think I wrote down. Was it in a bank? Yeah, it's a bank robbery. Surely it would stop bank robberies if they just didn't put cash in a bank. I don't think there's as much cash as people have in their accounts, numbers on a screen mm. kind of thing. But I'm It'd be really sure. embarrassing, right, to to like psych yourself up to rob a bank, 
get the mask, get the gun, go in and be like, give me your money. And they're like, oh no, we've actually gone cash. Like, if you're not rid of these, we went cashless like months ago. We don't have any money. You'd be like, oh, okay, bye. <laughs> Sorry. What would be the point of a bank if we abolished cash? No, I just mean, you, you don't really need to ever see the cash. It's just numbers, invisible numbers. Yeah, but if it's invisible numbers, you never need cash. You don't need to pay it in an ATM. You don't need yeah. to go out. You don't need a. You don't need a bank. So all those people are redundant. Um, but in the film, the bank yes. they're robbing. The important point is it's a mob bank. It's an organized. I didn't realize you didn't know the word oh, it's mob. It's a special bank for baddies. Um, sort of. Well, yes, in the film, it's a baddie bank. Oh, I, I didn't they know they had their own banks. Okay. Um, and so it starts with that, where they rob from the baddie bank. The Joker robs from the baddie bank. Um, William Fitchner is... I, I quite like him. He's been good in some other things. He's the, he's the sort of baddie bank manager. And he shoots at one of them with a shotgun. Gets a grenade in his mouth. Anyway, he says, do you have any idea who you're dealing with? And that's the start of the Joker's shenanigans. Let's say. Why does he want that much money? He doesn't. He sets it on fire. He burns it. So what? So why? So his thing. Well, he tells a lot of stories in the film. I don't know if you know. You know. Do you want to know how About I got the these scars, scars? But they're different stories. They're different yeah, stories. That was yeah. Really creepy. He also tells different stories about. I'm not. A, do I look like a guy with a plan? But then has demonstrates he has many plans and he you know he talks about all this so the joker talks a good game i think he's a typical unreliable narrator in that sense but he wants to what does the joker want is he just a psychopath maybe he's he's definitely a bit kooky <laughs> bit quirky He's got his he's got his his, his things his ideas <laughs> his his particular ways of doing things, um. But he has plans and he sets them in motion, and he wants to, he sort of wants to be king, but like a criminal mastermind king, you know he elevates himself to that status. Bullied at school, almost certainly. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I know people who could turn out like that. No <laughs> names, please. Yeah, that wasn't a very good summary. I read a bit more about Heath Ledger and his method acting thing, and it sounds really, like, dangerous, I think. Like, if you're going to be playing a psychopath, I feel like a healthy way to do it, and I'm not an actress, obviously, uh, is to try and separate yourself from that and be like, this is an actor, this is a part I'm playing, I will play that part now, and then I will cleanse myself of the evil and just go and do something nice and get out of that headspace. Have I feel a bubble like, bath. Yeah, I feel like... Is it kind of dangerous to... To be, did you read about any of the stuff he did to get into it? Like he locked himself in a motel for six weeks just just to see what that would do to him. Yeah, I did read about it. 
Um, I also read that the director, Christopher Nolan, said that he was enjoying the role. He was very proud of the... that Heath Ledger was enjoying the role. He was very proud of the work he'd done. And so Christopher Nolan didn't put any stock in the kind of stuff that Heath Ledger had sent himself insane by playing an insane person, you know? Mm. I don't know. I never met any of these people, so it's not like I have any authority on it. If six weeks in a motel would send you insane, uh, what do you, I feel like that's bad for lockdown. Yeah, well, what happens is first What's going to happen in December? We're all free and we're all psychopaths. Yeah, first you start a podcast with your significant <laughs> other. Then you um, write a diary of all the psychopath things you're going to do. <laughs> and then in Christmas, you go and uh, visit your relatives and eat some of them. Mm. Pulling calamari <laughs> from your hair. <laughs> needed to end that on a bit of lightness, actually. Um so I th- I don't know I don't know because when it happened I, s- I saw the film at the cinema and we obviously we knew that Heath Ledger had died shortly after filming and the film was delayed six months and he didn't film his he didn't finish filming his next film so we all we all went to the cinema with some of that mystique around it and watching it on the the big screen I didn't see it in IMAX, but a lot of it was shot in IMAX. Um, I read that. Like the most that had been shot of any film up to that point, I believe. And they destroyed one of the four existing IMAX cameras in the world at that in, in the filming. Anyway, watching Heath Ledger on the big screen was captivating. And he was captivating again this time and had to keep trying to to follow and not be like just just wowed by it um do you think if you knew him as a person though and you had sort of mourned his death and then you went to watch that film that would really like not be good for you like if you died and six months later i went to watch a film of you being a psychopath with really creepy crown clown makeup on i don't think that would be nice for me. I hope that people who knew him and were watching that at the time were proud of this performance. That is, that is lauded. That is impressive. Yeah. And there's a lot of I noticed this time. There's a lot of long takes. Just watching him, the camera's just letting him do his business and do his acting, which is really quite interesting. I think because. A lot of times you get multiple perspe- multiple perspectives, multiple cameras, you're cutting between them, you get different bits of, you know, a shot to your face, then to my face. Whereas here, there's a lot of just just looking at Heath Ledger being the Joker and, and watching him act. And again, for me, at no point did I think, when I was first watching it, that's a man acting. And I don't, I don't know if you felt like that, I just thought, that is that is creepy and strange and and powerful. I thought, what have they done to that quite hot guy from Ten Things I Hate About You? I might make you watch that film. Yes, you have threatened me with that. I've got some uh, plot hole issues. Yes, tell me about to it. Ask you about it. 
Um, first of all, would a phone inside somebody's stomach still work? Yeah, I don't see why not. No. no. If you dropped your phone down a loo, it doesn't work. The loo, which is famously made of skin. Our skin toilet, my love. It's made it of like porcelain. It would be in liquidy. Would it? I don't, I don't think a phone would work inside somebody's... You're forgetting it was a Nokia 3310. Oh, that does make a difference. That thing works in space. I wonder if you still play Snake on it. Through his stomach. <laughs> <laughs> That's creepy. Um, other plot holes. Um, when, near the end, they smash the Batman light, there's no need for that. Like, that... How much do you think that light is worth? Oh, uh, £4.50. But I'm it's not like very good massive, at estimating cost. A massive big spotlight thing. If they didn't like Batman, they could just take the Batman thing off it. Why Why smash a perfectly good light? Um, When they're on the boat, and there's like this boat... Do you want to just explain the boat dilemma thing? The boat dilemma is, is the prisoner's dilemma, I think, isn't it? Um... That's the name, I, I think, of the dilemma. Anyway, um, there are two boats full of people. One is full of good, normal, upstanding citizens of Gotham City. And the other is full of criminals. And they, the boats are turned off in the middle of the river and don't appear to drift off. But anyway, uh, and they're told, you have the power to blow up the other boat. And w- only one of you has to do it. But if neither of you do it, I will blow up your boat in 20 minutes or so. So yeah. Does that make sense? Yep. So I think in that scenario, I think the stupidest thing you can do is be like, oh, let's all vote by paper and put it all in a hat. Like that takes ages and ages. Like it might be a good idea to have a vote, but like why can't you just put your hands up? Like why does it have to be a, a secret ballot? Are you happy with people knowing whether you vote to blow up the other boat or not? I agree. Well, I think you've got to... Maybe you prefer it to be a secret ballot, but your chance of death is much higher. So I really don't think if you're dead, you'd care about people knowing your opinions. I agree, because off the top of my head, there's about 500 votes cast. You know, the tally is like 140 against 374 blowing up the other people that's a lot of paper and a lot of kind of counting we've and like we've how many pens did they have just one just one, <laughs> pen. <laughs> one pen we've recently had some vote counting in the world and uh, it does take quite a while is what we learned oh yeah yeah yep <laughs> not a political podcast <laughs> mm. okay is he really a good guy He's your classic anti-hero. So he uses bad means to do good things. So that that proverb is the ends justify the means. Is that the opposite of Robin Hood? No, that's the same. Robin Hood uses theft and archery and intimidation and uh, foresty colours to rob from the rich but gives to the poor. So the end is giving to the poor but the means is robbery. Which, you know... Is is that okay, though? Just in general, bad things for good reasons? Well, that's part of the question of this film. 
This was very much a uh, 20 deaths to one snog film. You pointed out halfway through, it's a massive sausage fest. Uh, well, all the films that we've watched so far have been like, if there's 20 main characters, 19 of them are men, and the the woman is just the partner of someone, and there's like one or two snogs. I think there were two snogs in this film. They both must have been... Oh, didn't Rachel snog both guys? Oh, what a cow. Didn't she? Yeah, she snogged Batman, didn't she, in this film? Uh, I'm trying to remember. I wanted to ask, uh, how did they do that half a face on that man, which was really, really creepy? Like, how did they how did they do that? He had half his ha- face missing. That's not makeup, surely. No, it's not makeup. So it's uh, a computer effect, a visual effect. Um, so they put green dots on the actor's face, so the, and they filmed it with three cameras, three quite high resolution cameras at the same time. So they had uh, a large portion of his head, and then they reconstructed that in a computer. And then the director said, Christopher Nolan said, he didn't want makeup because you can tell that that's something on top, mm. and the fire would have eaten away. Um, so. They have, um, for the anatomists out there who are listening, and I know that's a lot of you, they did change some of it to make it look more dramatic and not quite as accurate as uh, the face musculature and all that kind of stuff is. But, I mean, what did you think? It was super creepy because you could see, like, all his jaw and, like, his eyeball was, like, popping out. It it was... But it was impressive. Yeah, th- I think there's a lot of really impressive stuff, mm. stunts-wise as well. I was going to talk about a stunt. Please talk to me about stunts. I love it when you talk to me about <laughs> stunts. <laughs> um, so a stunt that I read about is, you know when the van flipped over? Yeah. That was real. Practical effects, they flipped uh, a that articulated lorry. Yeah. A real man driving a real truck. The only <laughs> bit of it... <laughs> Whoa, hold on, hold on, love. <laughs> We've not <laughs> That was a real man driving a real truck. Tell me about this stunt. And he flipped it. Um, the only yeah. bit that was like not real that they CGI'd out was there was a ramp to make it flip over. Yeah. So if you haven't seen it, you might you you might think of a car flip being sort of um, horizontal. You know, sort of tipping from four wheels onto a, a door or something onto the side and then onto the roof, going through a Some sideways salt. rotation. Some sort. But the, um, the, uh, the flip of the truck was for the truck going up onto its nose and then over onto its roof in a, cor- in a kind of vertical flip, which is really impressive. It was. It was impressive, especially now that I know that that was a real guy. Like, what were his chances like do they just treat stunt people like they're expendable people no no that's <laughs> that's not how it works like, so do this and see how it goes <laughs> if you survive we'll pay you yikes i wonder how much he got paid four pound fifty <laughs> uh no so he the there will have been a roll cage in the truck he will have been in uh s- in a fire retardant suit in at least a five-point harness 
wearing a crash helmet. Was he wearing a seatbelt? So a harness <laughs> is like a it's like a powerful seatbelt. Okay. Um it's a really good stunt. There's a there's another good stunt that I spotted later on in the film where there's four or five police officers who get sent out of this like building in construction. They fall down, they're all on ropes. I don't know if you notice they fall out the side of the building and they get stopped, arrested, um, stopped by this rope and they swing back into the building. I think the riggers on that did a really good job with the ro- you you'd have to check your ropes two or three times and trust your riggers that when you fall out you're not going to swing back in and slam into the Aww. side of a building or something. So um I know it's not the credit shot. I'd love out. to be a stuntman. Well, I can spot <laughs> two flaws with that right away. Uh, stunt riggers James Heisner and Kevin Matthews. I know it's not credit shout out time, but I wanted to give you a special shout out for that rigging. I just thought when it went, I was like, oh, that's really well done. Really well done from us. Oh, really well done from us. Give yourselves a pat on the back, mm-hmm. a gold star, and as we say to our children, you can go up a step on the fridge. <laughs> How do you get to be a stunt person? Because there's loads of. In my school careers thing, <laughs> there was like this poster on the wall, and there was like a hundred jobs written out, and they implied that those hundred jobs were they the jobs that existed, and you have to pick through one of them. And the jobs that I'm currently doing, which is like a bit of self-employed decorating, a bit of random zero-hour contract. Um, schoolwork stuff, and I meant to be starting a warehouse job. That that combination. Oh yeah, and comedian. Uh, that wasn't like a, that wasn't like a combination. What a shock! <laughs> that wasn't on the list somewhere. Yeah. Um. So th- I know there's two or three stunt schools. There's one in Australia. Um. I think there's one in Hollywood area. Also, they often recruit people like martial artists or gymnasts who have good physical control of their body mm. so that they can learn to fall and this kind of thing. There's lo- there's lots of that. I is very cool. contacted the stunt school in Australia. Did you? Yeah, yeah, about 12 years ago and I was I was seriously considering it, but I was also broke. Mm-hmm. And you thought no, you know what I want to do more than being a stuntman? <laughs> I want to write procedures for a housing company. That's the dream. And I have achieved <laughs> that dream. <laughs> well done, love. But you're not dead. That's good. Oh, yeah. Stunt stunt people do die as well. Yeah. There was a stunt. So this film is dedicated to Heath Ledger and a stunt performer who died... Not whilst filming for this film, but one of the stunt performers on the film died in a car crash, unrelated to the film, at the same time as the film. Oh, what, so he just got too used to doing dangerous stuff, that he went out for a normal drive and, whoopsie. Incredibly (laughs) insensitive. Oh, whoopsie, your husband's dead. Oh, that's so ironic to die not doing a stunt, if you're a stunt man. You must just think you're invincible. If you've been like flipping trucks all day and then you just drive into the Asda. (laughs) (laughs) 
And then you got in a car crash. That would be really sad. Well, it was for him because he died. (laughs) Yeah, well, rip. (laughs) (laughs) The most sincere of obituaries and eulogies. It's not listening, is it? Like, if we get to be a big podcast and then people listen to this in the future and someone who knows him is listening... I am sorry, but I don't think that will ever happen. So far, the people <laughs> the people who I know listen will give you a shout out. It's Will in Australia, my brother in South Korea, my sister in Preston, and Hairbeard Bald, the uh, film podcast. Oh, yeah. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening. <laughs>
Happy, played by um, William Smiley. Oh, yeah, that's nice. Yeah, I think they're the clowns. Uh, the costume design was by Lindy Hemmings. That's nice, isn't it? That you is know, like a like a hem. Yeah, like nominative determinism. Is that what it? Is that what that thing is? Where you have the name that says the thing you do. He Christian Bale was the lead actor. He mm-hmm. got all his suits tailor made by Giorgio Armani, which is um, which is pretty nice. Do you think he's like still got them? Why don't you tell me? Well, I don't know. I haven't been in his cupboard. What I think you're leading up to is he kept the mask yeah. of the Batman mask. I read on my thing, it said uh, he kept the mask. He wanted to keep the whole suit, but he didn't have space. I found that hilarious. I was like, blatantly, he wanted to keep it, but his girlfriend or wife was like, no, we're not, we're not having that. No, Ooh, you're not having that. We don't have we don't have space for that. And well done to her. <laughs> He's a millionaire <laughs> actor who's probably got at least three houses and ten cars. And he doesn't have space for a bat suit. Yeah. Blaters under the thumb. Yeah. <laughs> Where's the whipped sound effect? But what happened to that then? That must be worth loads. Oh, it must be worth at least four pound fifty. And his wife ain't him bin it. Yeah, it's, uh, you, you. I bet she just took it to the charity shop one day without telling him. You noticed something nice reading up about um, Christian Bale. He's still married to that same lady. Oh yeah, because when we've been Wikipediaing some of the, that sounded a bit pedoing. <laughs> Wikipediaing <laughs> is that the verb? You know what I mean. Um, Researching on. It's kind of sad the amount of people it seems like average is two two spouses at least i can't wait (laughs) no we've been married nine and a half years and um i hope it's okay well yeah it'd be really it'd be difficult to end it now with the current restrictions and stuff oh i thought you just meant on air (laughs) whilst recording a podcast um there was there was Birds and animals were provided by something, and we had to think: Are there any birds in this film? Bats are pretty much birds, aren't they? Bats are not birds; they're bats. <laughs> What's the difference between a bat and a bird? Uh, the daytime and the nighttime. <laughs> um, but some birds can be nighttime birds. Whoa! Hang on a minute. <laughs> All right. Do you David know what? I do have an interesting fact about bats. Tell me your interesting. One fact. of the very few mammal. I don't know. <laughs> One of the very few animals to have periods. Are you part bat, love? <laughs> That's the weirdest thing. Because you have periods. More fun fact. Um, the music mm. by Hans Zimmer. Hans Zimmer. What else? He did something else, another film. Gladiator. Oh, yeah. Um, He's done loads. He's really good. Do you know what he did to make some of the sounds? What Uh, did he rub against a (laughs) piano string? (laughs) Not his penis. (laughs) That's not... I was going to say he farted down a traffic cone, okay? But no, we moved on. Um, (laughs) He... A bat. (laughs) A menstruating bat. Uh, Razor blades. 
it is interesting. Experimental. Yeah. It did say, uh, for all you musicologists out there, and I know that's a lot of you, um, the Joker Suite, which is a nine-minute piece that he wrote, which has got that that kind of chilling, sort of increasing strings, is uh, based on the notes D and C for DC Comics. Uh, more fun facts. Uh, oh, yes. Christian Bale, the guy, his first role, do you know what it was? His first ever bit of TV. Go on. It was an advert for Lenore. Oh, how lovely. That's nice, isn't it? Yeah, that's quite wholesome. Um, also, he lost four stones seven for the role before Batman, whatever it was. The Machinist. Oh, yeah. And then within six months gained seven stone two for the first Batman yeah, so I don't know if you've seen The Machinist, Love. I haven't. I've seen footage of him in The Machinist. It's freaky. It's astonishing. Well, that's it, a lot looks of weight. Unwell. If he's put on seven stone, two, to become a normal man size for That's Batman. what you weigh. A bit more than that, but thanks. Seven stone, three? <laughs> um then that's really creepy. Like, it, doing this research on films does make me think actors actually do work hard and do some crazy stuff. Like, I didn't know that it was common for peop- for actors to, like, break bones and stuff whilst, film- whilst filming things. And when you have to lose so much weight or gain so much weight for a role, I think that would be really horrible. Like, And what Heath Ledger did put himself through all these like psychological stuff like I know they get paid well and stuff but it's not it can't be easy being an actor like putting yourself physically through a lot of stuff I think it's challenging I think some of the stuff there's questions about whether some of these actors are on steroids I'm not saying that Christian Bale's on steroids I don't know I've never met him but there's there's some kind of like six months to gain seven stone and it's like muscle and you look strong and built. Oh, so you couldn't just be like, I'll eat one of them whole, like, boxes of them, what are those nice donuts, Krispy Kremes every day? No, so if you (sighs) listen to the actors who are doing this stuff, Hugh Jackman, The Rock, the Hemsworth boys, Chris Evans... These are all people that you have no idea who I'm talking about. Renny Zellweger had to put on a load of weight to be Bridget Jones. So Christian Bale's kind of famous for it. Uh, we're gonna—I'm sure—we'll come to Renny Zellweger in due course. We will. Um, Christian Bale's famous for it, and I do wonder if because they've got personal trainers, they've got personal chefs, and their job is looking a certain way. And I really don't think it's, like, good for your health, longevity. Why can't they just... We've said this in another episode, but why can't they just use a fat actor or a really skinny actor? Mm, A good question. I think Christian Bale is is recognised as a good actor, as a very good actor. Yeah, but, like, Rennie Zellweger, for example, is naturally... Well, I don't know, naturally or unnaturally, but she's quite skinny, and then she had to put on like four stone or something 
to be like the size of a normal-ish woman. But there must be so many women out there that are like size 14 or something. It wasn't like, it wasn't ridiculous. Yeah. Why not? There must be loads of good actors that are size 14. Why make someone put on a load of weight? I think, I don't, I mean, I don't know. I theorise, I'd guess it's brand. It's the power of Rene Zellweger. It's the power of Christian Bale on the on the poster, their name. You think, oh yeah, I know Rene Zellweger. I'll go and see that. Or Christian Bale or whatever. But isn't it sad that we d- we can't name a naturally size 14 actress? I have no answer for you. And it's I think it's sad. If you had to lose three stone or gain three stone for a role which would you choose gain absolutely just because it's easier yeah and how i think you must be healthier with plus three stone than minus three stone but i think i could you could add three stone of muscle not not easily but if you're so hugh jackman or the rock exercise for like two and a half three hours a day they eat five meals a day and they're Mm. big dudes I couldn't get that big but I could get closer to that big more comfortably than go from I'm like 11 a bit stone and I'm a little bit cuddly at the minute a bit sensitive about it um, to go down to like eight and a half stone I would look yeah, bad oh yeah, and Christian Bale for The Machinist was having an apple and coffee that was what he was so eating isn't that really dangerous? Like, if you were yeah. doing that normally, people would be like, well, you've got an eating disorder, you need help. At some point, you'd have to go to hospital and get fed on a tube or something. Yeah. So, why is it allowed for that? Do you get paid more if you have to do some kind of grim stuff like that? He was saving money on his food bill, so... <laughs> I don't know. It's it does It does worry me. So, I saw an interview with... Henry Cavill, who plays Superman, and there's a scene where he's he does he, get, he takes a bath, and he's all buff and muscly, and uh, and he said he dehydrated himself for three days to look like that. Look, is super. that how you, is that how you look buff? Yeah, don't drink. There's it's really unhealthy. It was really I was I I watched the interview. I was like, why? You know, mm. that guy's walking around looking pretty good. He works out and gets in shape. And then he's dehydrating himself for three days to look a certain way. It's super unrealistic and super unattainable for 99% of the population. And yet we all think, it. yeah, I have issues with Hollywood and the body. But I think every sensible yeah. person should. Me too. <laughs> I like the city shots. That's nice. Yeah. In fact, they started filming the new Batman in Liverpool quite recently. Yeah, the one with Robert Pattinson, I think, is being shot here at the minute. St. George's Hall is somewhere. Well, it's in town. Gotham City Hall. Sorry. Yeah, it's Gotham. And there were some interesting pictures of... Uh, Batman, probably a stunt double, stood on top of the live buildings. Oh yeah, that was cool. Um, so look out for that in the next Batman film. Liverpool's doubled as a lot of cities. Mm. 
Right, it's almost bedtime. It is pretty late. So, let's wrap up by talking about the next film. Ooh, what are we going to watch next, love? I f- have a feeling, I know, but confirm it for me. It's got Renny Zagwiller. <laughs> <laughs> it's Bridget Jones! Yes, Bridget Jones, of course it's. Auntie Bridget, as I call her. Yeah, um, we're Joneses, if you can <laughs> yeah, know Yeah, because her surname is Jones. Um, the first one. No, it's a the trilogy. I'm going to make you watch the third one. Of course, because if you're hungry and you don't have time to eat all three pieces <laughs> of the sandwich, just eat the bottom piece of bread. Is the bottom one the third one? I'm saying the top piece of bread is the third one. Well, I was I was thinking about <laughs> in terms of eating down from top to bottom. You don't eat a sandwich from top to bottom. Who eats a sandwich from top to bottom? <laughs> uh, no, I've no idea what you're talking about. Yeah, but from make you make from bottom to top, but you eat from top <laughs> to bottom, as we've just agreed. Anyway, um, what's yeah, the name of the film? It's Bridget Jones's Baby. It's made a lot later than the other two. The reason I picked this one is partly because I've not overwatched it. I've only seen it once, I think, and mm. because. A lot of our films were late 90s, early noughties, whereas this one is 2016. Wow. That is pretty recent for us, film-wise. Um, so that's why I'm going to pick that one. Got it off eBay on DVD. On Blu-ray. Isn't it? Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah, so that's what we'll be watching next time. I think we should shout out our things we're on instagram well, yes we're on instagram instagram us if you want we i wouldn't watch yep send us your thoughts on this episode and any episode we're also on most of the podcasting things i mean you probably know because you're listening to this so really tell your friends uh we're on apple Podcasts. if you want to leave us a review and some stars yeah, that would some stars. be helpful. Thanks. Um, and what are the other podcasts? Spo- Spotify, Google on Spotify, uh, yeah, uh, Overcast. We're on a lot of them. If you go onto the Anchor FM website, you'll see all the different ways you can listen to us. But Spotify and Apple Podcasts are the big ones. That's it. Great. Thanks for joining. See you next time. From Bridget Jones. Bye. Bye. Uh-huh.